Pillsbury Show on Rock 106.9, where you can win yourself a Perfect Circle tickets today. We have those for you. Okay. We have Canton Charge home opener tickets. We have those. Nice. That's on the 15th, November. Pretty much right around the corner there. And also, every single hour, 10 after Fantone, we'll give people $1,000. Exciting. Yeah, absolutely it is. As we sit here in November, Christmas, next month, holidays, sorry, seasonal greetings, whatever the right term is, but you can get all your holiday shopping done on us. You've got three paychecks left until Christmas if you're lucky. Yeah, I wish you would stop telling me that. Three of them. Yeah, that sucks. That's crazy. That's terrible. That's awful news. Well, $1,000 would definitely come in here. It creeps up on you. As a matter of fact, this con- this goes back to a book I'm always preaching the praises of, which is Total Money Makeover by Dave Ramsey. And one of the things he always says about people going broke is they, you know, people walk up to him and they give him excuses. And he says, Christmas is not an excuse to be broke. They don't surprise you with Christmas. It's December 25th every single year. He said, if you started preparing financially for Christmas in April, it wouldn't make you broke in December, January, and February. He's like, it's just a lack of planning. And again, one of the quotes from his book, and I, which I love, is if you don't have a plan, you're planning to fail. And that's absolutely 100% true in most aspects of your life. And, but again, here I sit, read the book six times, constantly, you know, preach, you know, it's praises. And just like he says in the book, you'll be able to do parts of this. You won't be able to do all of it. It's just the way it is. And that's one of those things where I was like, ah, yeah, Christmas, Christmas, Christmas. And I wasn't sure. I was like, well, am I going to go to Vegas? Am I not going to go to Vegas? I have now decided to go to Vegas, found a really, uh, you know, affordable flight, round trip, nonstop, which is great. For, you know, under 500, which I felt was like a bargain and a half. So I was like, so I'm going to do that. But then I thought about it. Well, now I'm going to be there. Now, my brother's almost 50. Don't really got to worry about him a whole lot. Right. My mom, pretty much me coming there is Christmas present right, for my mom. Right, right. My sister-in-law, I always try to get her something nice because she's stuck with my brother and my mom. <laughs> so like I feel for her. I always feel like I honestly, I always look at my sister-in-law, Roxanne, like it's her and I versus the, you know, the rest of the Sansbury clan. And But now there's my niece, and I haven't seen her in like four and a half years, five years, something like that. It's going to be the first holiday we're going to be together, so I kind of want to go overboard here. And so I'm kind of like, uh, so as I'm sitting here thinking, I'm like, wow, I wish I had an extra $1,000 to be thinking about this, because she's like 12, 13 years old now, and like, I don't, like, what do they want? Probably $1,000, you know what I'm saying? That's probably the best thing you could do is just cut her a check for a G. See, like, I guess my, my brother says she's she's very much into music right now, like right. the way a lot of young kids are. So. So I thought about doing instead of like, you know, is getting like a, I don't know, removable like hardware, like, you know, um, like memory stick and filling it. I was going to make her okay. a compilation of the best women in rock, like the best women okay. in music. That's cool. I was like, hey, like from all the way back in the time till like now, like this is all the like the great women in music that I think is like, you know, you're a young woman coming into your own. And I was like, but then doesn't that make me kind of cheap? I mean, I'm going to have to buy the songs because well, I'm not going to have them all. Yeah, I mean, it, that, but that's a very thoughtful present. So I don't know if it's necessarily I don't know if your 12 year old niece is going to be like, you know what? This only costs Uncle Dan, you know. $78. Like, no. But I, I feel mean, like it was my cousins. My, it was actually, it wasn't really my brother. It was my cousin Doug who got me into music mostly. And so I kind of view that now like, well, if she's coming in her own that way, this is kind of my responsibility to make sure she's shepherded into the right area. Very, very much a handing of the torch happens when it co- comes to music. Oh, for I mean, sure. People that are a little bit older than you, you know, whether it's your cousins, your uncles, your whatever, um, your neighbors, you know, whoever you hang out with as, 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 as a 10 year old, as a 12 year old, you do kind of get to start to pick up their musical 
terrible taste. Um, so, no, I think that's an actually really cool idea. That's what I'm thinking about doing. Um, and I, I don't know. And then maybe you throw something else, maybe a little bit on top of it, like that $1,000 check. But, no, that's that's Dude, a, why that's, you walking that's me that's into a, a th- Why are you walking me into a $1,500 gift for my, for my niece? <laughs> because if you want to show her that you love her, if you want to be a decent human, a decent uncle, you have to do something like that. <sighs> Dude, it costs $1,000 to be a decent human? I'm, ter- I'm terrible. I won't, even give, I won't even give my niece and nephews. I won't even give them, like, a memory stick. I'll just give them a blank CD and be like, here, here, here. It sucks to be you. You guys don't have a CD player anymore. <laughs> Dude, I just took... Whatever's laying around the prize closet. Right, right. I've got this. Oh, got this Wu Tang CD all scratched up from 1994. How many nephews, bro. nieces, and nephews do you have? I have two nephews and one niece. Okay, so yeah. you got three. So my brother's got three of them. So yeah. Wow. So then I mean, you know, at that Christmas point, is all about them, right? Yeah, of course, of course. You know, everything else is kind of like, well, you're a grown up. You're a grown up. You're a grown up. And like me and my family will still do like small presents for each other, but like your family all, seems like a secret Santa household. Is it not a secret uh, Santa not household? A secret Santa, but over. Over the top Christmas, and I mean over the top. Like, yeah, your mom seems like she would be over the top Christmas. Like my, my family, like growing up, like we live in a ranch house, like a pretty small, not like small, but still, like it was just enough room for four people. And there was a point where my mom had five Christmas trees in there, and I'm like, what? mom, I'm like mom, there's not even five people in our family. Like, what are you doing? Like five real Christmas trees? No, 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 fake okay. ones. She, she, it would always be fake ones. But, but like I'm talking five, five foot five, fake Christmas, six foot Christmas, like trees a real like height. The house yes throughout the house it's not like there was like little ones like minis no i'm talking like real full-size six where the hell did you put five christmas trees in a ranch house and she was just shoving them in corners like it was just like every corner you walk down the hallway and it's like there's a christmas tree and like for for a while it was like all right well matthew this is yours and this one's your brother's and here's you know your brother's was all like the stuff that he liked and and mine was all the stuff were the presents under one central tree was was it and then there was like the big family tree yeah there was like the like like that was the one that had like all the ornaments from when we were like kids and stuff and like you know things like that and dude i'm telling you i mean you had your own christmas tree dude my, no wonder you're a nightmare tree. to deal my with own christmas tree yeah and i mean i'm telling you she was i just over the top with stuff like that just just out of control with stuff i don't even like know what that. to say right now like no wonder dude no wonder you're as confident as you are never had to go to church never had to like go like hey, all right well the, the meaning of the season is never had to do any of that it was just like yo here's christmas presents oh Come dude open. see my my dude my dad was a minister so every christmas he was like we had to go to church and like so i was no, sitting there like no, this like tapping the nope, knee like come on man nope nope nope, nope. Yeah, not I mean, the there's gi joe's in there and i know it and i want i want to rip some crap open yeah i mean dude it was a nightmare although the one year i was like 12 i think i was like 10 11 between 10 and 12 and they had to like come wake me up for Christmas. Like my brother was sitting out by the tree, and he finally came in there and ripped the blanket. I was like, "Come on, lazy ass!" And I remember like it, that was the year. I remember was that the same? Yeah, I think it was the same year. He was like opening a box that was like for both of us, right? And he ripped it open, and his eyes got huge. Uh, I must have been younger in ten or twelve because I didn't know what a VCR was. Okay, like I remember we got it, and I remember my brother like being pumped. And I was like, "What the hell is that? Like, I don't like. I don't. It's like, why is my name on that? I don't care about that thing at all." It's um, it's so funny looking back on Christmas presents you got and rap lyrics, where it's like, "Oh my god, that was so cool back in the day." But if that was in my house right now, I would absolutely hate it. Like, exactly. VCR, you thought was the coolest thing in the world. Like, damn. Yeah, my brother was all excited. I remember, dude, he taped like the, the 1984 slam dunk contest. We watched, <laughs> we watched Michael Jordan and Dominique Wilkins every day for like three years straight. Well, dude, back then. 
dude, movies, no, didn't, movies didn't come out on VHS for like three years. It took for stuff. Like, it was forever until yeah, they came out. There was out. no Netflix. There was no, like, you know, there was no other options. What else were you supposed to yeah, do? Yeah, no, dude? dude, kids have no idea these days. You what know were, what I mean? What were you supposed you to do? You walked to school uphill both ways. I'm telling you, it was a bitch. It was not good. Speaking of all this Christmas stuff, and I know it's November, and it's probably a little premature for us to be in Christmas talk here, but this is as good of a place as any for me to tell you and the audience. Uh, Fantone picking up a part-time job over the holiday season. I'm going to be working at at Canton's That Christmas Bar. Oh, you're working there? It's all Christmas, all the time. It's only going to exist for six weeks from Black Friday up until Christmas Eve. And yeah, it's It's right next next to TDs. It's one of these pop-up bars. It's it's, it's my new gig. These are... are becoming popular all over the country. So Vegas has these. They have these these pop-up Christmas bars. So when we know the guy that owns this place, and that's how Fantone got the gig there. And, you know, he told me what he was doing, and he said, yeah, they have these in Vegas. So I called my brother, and I was like, yo, man, I hear about this. And he's like, yeah. My brother's, like, in the bar business. And he's telling me, he's like, yeah, man. He's like, that stuff's huge here. He's like, theme bars are becoming all the rage now. And it makes sense. Like, there's something cool about it, because it's not just it's like... It's new every six months. Yeah, it's not just like... It's the bar with some like Christmas lights and like you know the the bartender wearing a Santa hat. It is like it is literally like like Christmas bukkake in there. Like it is just literally just everywhere you look, everything you see. I bet his just... I bet his recorded ad does not say that. <laughs> but I'm just telling you, it's like Santa went in there and just vomited. Like it's it's just over the top. It Christmas. has to be not. I mean, otherwise there's no point to do it. There's no Bud Light. You can't go get a rum and coke. You can't get a a just just a glass of wine. You have it has to be like. A Christmas cocktail. There's only Christmas ale, or the only beers in there. Christmas specific wines. Smart. Like, yeah, you can't, you can't. I said to him it. the other day. I said, dude, I think the checks should come, and you should have to open them like little presents. And I like everything needs to be over the top. Otherwise, there's no reason to do that. But I think it's a really smart idea. Scott knows what he's doing. He does. Like, dude, TDs is like a really good sports bar, like in restaurant. Like, dude, he knows how to run a restaurant. Like, I, as much as I like to give Scott crap and bust his balls, he, he does doesn't. know how to. Run. Well, his wife knows how to run a. Yeah. No, dude, his wife is like a general. Like, dude, she makes that whole thing. Dude, I'm telling you right now, exactly. If she left Scott, it would be like somebody moved a dog's food dish. Like, he would just be sitting around just like, where did it go? What do I do? Like, dude, without Kim, he would be completely screwed. She's the brains and the looks of that whole entire operation. I don't know. Dude, what the hell did he bring to the table? Nothing. Not a damn thing. Nothing. TD's pretty good, though. I don't know. I feel like we should do a moment of silence for the fact that you and I both have second jumps. I think this is my third or fourth thing, to be honest with you. Oh, yeah, that's right. Dude, are you going to Uber people to the Christmas bar? Getting charged. Came right afterwards, baby. And then jump behind the bar, serve them some drinks? All right. Let's get you guys hooked up with $1,000 so you don't need a second job. We're going to do that right now. Your shot at $1,000 now. Text the keyword LUCK to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming I. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show, Rock 106.9. 7.30, we'll get you hooked up with those Canton Charge home opener tickets. Fantone's your in-arena host for the Canton Charge. We got a scrimmage tonight. Pretty excited about it. Hopefully working out all the kinks. Getting ready to put forth a good show on Oh Wednesday. my god, dude, you're the t-shirt cannon guy, and now you're already at We Got a Scrimmage? Come on, dude. You're that guy? Yeah, me and John Hall, and we're going to go, you know, make sure everything's all right. You're that guy? Run some sets together Let there. me ask you something, dude. Yeah? Do you get, like, if they win the if they win the G League championship, do you get, like, a G-ring? Oh, yeah, dude. Of course I'd be a part of that. Oh, dude, I want a G-ring? Yeah, dude, I don't even know on, if that's no. what they're called, but that's what I'm calling it. This is the seventh season. That's what season. Jeezy would call it. Seventh season for the Canton Charge. They made the 
playoffs every single year. Yeah, that's uh, a, that that is impressive. And uh, you know, look at ma- you, Browns. Looking 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 towards making another push towards the championship. So it all starts Wednesday night, the fifteenth. I like how the Canton Charge can get eleven dudes who have never met one another <laughs> to like literally tie up their shoes and win a game fifteen minutes later. The Browns can draft dudes, have them ten years, can't get them to win. It speaks to the organization. It really does. It, it speaks does to the coaching staff as well. That's a tough thing to do because throughout the season you've got guys coming and going. You got some guys get signed to the NBA. Two way contracts. Right. You got new players coming in, and you're right. These dudes have never met each other. Most of them, you know. There's there's dudes from you know uh, across the seas. There's dudes from you know NCAA. There's dudes who have been in the NBA before. So for the coaches, you know, K- Coach Nate Ranking to bring them all together and uh, and you know make it all work. It's impressive. I would agree. Seven thirty. We'll get choked up with those tickets. A perfect circle tickets up for grabs at eight thirty. Nine o'clock is New Tour Tuesday. Brought to you by the Hard Rock oh, Roxino. Yeah. You're getting new Jeezy, and I would say Puff. Oh no! But it's not Puff Daddy no. anymore. It's Brother Love yeah. now. He is. Uh, he's not, <laughs> he says he will not answer to Puffy or P Diddy or any of the dids that happen. He is Brother Love now. I like like people coming up with aliases. I think it's funny. Like I like it, but like you can't say you're not Puff Daddy still. You can be Brother Love, but you, you you're still Diddy. I, I dude. I, my favorite thing is when a guy on Twitter said to him, "There's just a very simple rule in life that." You can't nickname yourself. That's true. And th- that's a good rule of thumb. But if you're a rapper, you kind of can, right? They're I mean, always doing it. Hove did. Always doing it. How many, how many aliases does he have? Hove's always calling himself something different. And the big part of Jigga, the reason why Hove. is is because it's easier to rhyme stuff with. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Uh, like, yeah. The more names you have, the yeah. more things you can associate yourself Old, with. Old Dirty Bastard was notorious for it. Just always coming up, calling himself something else. And it's like, dude, nobody's ever called you Joe Bananas before. You just needed something to rhyme there. And it's... It's like, all right, well, it's a good point. Dude, what a national treasure ODB was. Well, no question about it, dude. No question R.I.P. about it. One of the good ones gone right there. R.I.P. The Wu-Tang Clan. So, yeah, you're getting new Jeezy and Brother Love. Bottles Up is the name of that. And then I found this new Luke Bryan song. And it's... Okay. No, right. I'm, I'm serious. Here we go. <laughs> I, uh, I found this. I found a new Luke Bryan song. Like right. apparently he's working on a new album. He's released two tracks from it. Only uh, honestly, I found him on iHeartRadio. That's where I found. Him. I was like on the app the other day, I and like I was it. like, oh my god! I like I've never heard this. Where where is this coming from? And it's a new song, and you can just tell that he is getting sick and tired of being told that he's not country. And that his fans aren't real country fans, because this song is Damn. called What Makes You Country, and Luke Bryan's drawing the line in the sand. Okay. So at 9.30, we'll play you that. Okay. And then I added this rock band today out of um, in response to Twitter. A lot of people have been hitting me up on Twitter and said, dude, you have got to get this band on New Tour Tuesday. This is going to be the next big band. All right. And I have been told that this band, Greta Van Fleet, is the new Led Zeppelin. Now... Yeah. And I'm just, spoiler, all right? I'm just going to tell you. I've lived through this. This is the new Led Zeppelin before. They were called Wolf Mother. And they ended up being Wolf Mother and not the next Led Zeppelin. Yeah, I mean, it's hard hard to get over there. And I feel like Greta Van Fleet is more Wolf Mother than it is Led Zeppelin. But I do think it's pretty good. Like, I like Wolf Mother. I'm not knocking Wolf Mother. But, like, I I worked at MMS when that came out. And my boss came in. He was like, this is the band that's going to save rock and roll. Okay. Yeah, that guy knows. <laughs> All right. And so, like, we listened to it. We're like, no, they're not. Uh, Greta Van Fleet. I am not familiar with the band, but that sounds like a, a, a like an actress from a silent movie in the 1920s, or like a bartender at Buzzbin who's like, oh yeah, my name is Greta Van Fleet. Stands it does, and you can't hit on me. It, it, <laughs> no, it, it, it absolutely <laughs> does sound like. You know like. what? It, they every decade's got this band that looks out of place. 
because they look okay. they're like they're from the 70s. It's okay. like when, in the okay. 90s when the Black Crows were like all the rage. It was like, yeah, the band from the 70s is kind of cool again now. Okay. It's kind of like that. It's um you know, there have been multiple bands like this that, that I mean, these kids are all like 22 years old, but they look like they're from 1974. Right. It just it, it's just very and he's got a real whiny kind of sound, so I understand why people like want to equate it to Robert Plant, but their song is called Safari Song. We'll play you that to end New Tour Tuesday today. I, am, I like it. Yeah, Greta Van Fleet is the name of that band. They're, it's actually not bad, so we'll you know we'll take a listen to that. So Mila Kunis is a woman that I find wildly attractive, like really attractive. I'm a little surprised there. She's outside of what you normally uh, view as attractive. I mean, she's undeniably pretty, but she's not exactly like the Stansberry mm. uh, no, fastball. We, I would. We expect. love her. I'm really surprised. Dark hair, dark eyes, really, you know, dead soul. Like, dude, I like it. Yeah, I mean, she's got that. I, I, I just, I just thought, you know, a little less. Um, she's not as thick, right? Yeah, I was gonna say a little less Jaden James, a little more Lexi Bell there. Yeah, indeed. Okay. Uh, which, by All the right. way, we've reached out to Lexi Bell, who will be in town coming soon to uh, to the Diamond Men's Club. We're waiting to hear her back, but we're going to try to get her on the program. Nice. And so, Mila Kunis, I find her to be really attractive. Um, and she, I think she's married to Ashton Kutcher. They're right. together, and I find him to be a little annoying, but whatever. And so Mila Kunis was on Conan O'Brien the other night. We actually, this video is up for you at WRQK.com, but we've highlighted some audio from it. We're going to run that for you right now. Listen, you pulled a little prank on uh, our vice president, Mike Pence. Is that right? Oh, I did. You want to tell us what that was all about? This is when a lot of hate mail comes my way. I apologize if I'm offending anybody. Um, I, it's not so much a prank as much as I disagreed with some of the stuff that Pence was doing and was trying to do. And so as a reminder that um, there are women out there in the world that may or may not agree with his um, platform, I put him on a list of reoccurring um, uh, donations that are made in his name to Planned Parenthood. And so <laughs> there's a monthly. Um, this is, happens every month? Every month to his office, he gets a little letter that says, like, an don anonymous donation has been made in your name. Um, I, don't look at it as a, I don't look at it as a prank. I literally, this is just like, yeah. I strongly disagree. Mm -hmm. And this is my little way sure, of peaceful protest, it. yeah. It's a peaceful protest, exactly. Yeah. So, she, you know, she's saying it's a peaceful protest here. Now, so what's happened now on the opposite side of this is that, for those of you that don't know, Mila Kunis is, like, the pitch person for, spokesperson for, Jim Beam Bourbon, yeah, which I would imagine is going to be wildly popular with some Southern conservatives. I'm just guessing. Maybe I'm playing into you know stereotypes. I don't know, but I'm guessing it's going to be pretty big, right? So now the conservative side of the aisle, who is obviously opposed to Planned Parenthood and what happens there, has now created this: we must boycott Jim Beam Bourbon, and so it's going to be interesting to see what Jim Beam does here. If they go ahead and remove her as the pitch person, because honestly, let's be honest, they put her in that building that's on fire in a very tight tank top and a pair of jeans. It's going to help you sell bourbon whiskey. It's going to. Of course. You know what I mean? Now, I, I'm, I'm not the biggest bourbon fan. And if I was, I was probably going to drink Bullet now, like all the cool hipsters. Yeah, of course. Yeah, <laughs> like all the cool hipsters, I'd probably move to Bullet. But I mean, if you're Jim Beam, this is going to be an issue for you, right? 
Um, I guess. I mean, and then we're getting into like, well, I'm going to protest this and I'm not going to be a part of this again. And I'm not going to. And I mean, we'll turn into the NFL where it's like, yeah, hey, we just, we face some losses. But a year from now, it's not going to be nearly that big of a deal. And maybe we should just continue rolling with a successful spokesperson. Maybe it helps. Maybe it helps. I don't know if she's been successful enough to counterbalance this 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 controversy, though. It's like if you look at it and she's like, well, sales have only gone up one percent since we brought her on. And, you know, if this is going to cost us two percent, maybe it is time time to maybe. cut time. With it. Well, I mean, what what will be said in that boardroom is is that ultimately we picked Mila Kunis because she's very attractive. Like there are attractive people attractive all women, over yeah. the planet. Billion, we, let's yeah. find one that doesn't have an opinion on this and get her out there. <sighs> I think what she's doing is kind of childish. Like, I understand that you disagree with Vice President Pence when it comes to pl- issues of Planned Parenthood. I understand that, and I'm sure I disagree with a lot of what he thinks, too. Um, but I do think it's kind of childish to be like, well, I'm going to donate in your name. And, like, I don't know. I just feel like you're being spiteful out of that. You know what I'm saying? Like, 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 are you really accomplishing anything? Or would it just make more sense for you to make the donation and not try to be like, oh, I'm doing it to, to rage against the machine? It's like, well... Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, let's be honest. He's not getting the letter every month. Right. Like, that guy's right, not right. reading his mail. There's a staffer that's grabbing and, that and throwing it away before he ever sees it. And you can't tell me that the offices of uh, Mike Pence and Planned Parenthood haven't been in conversations where it's like, yo, stop sending us this. Like, I, I just stop. We're like, we're not opening them. We're not doing anything. You're wasting your money on postage and printing and all these things. And Planned Parenthood's probably like, yeah, because I know this. She's not exclusive to this. I know there's other people who are like, well, that's how I'm going to, you know, get Mike Pence. Pants! And it's like it's like I don't know. It just it feels it feels very like childish to me. There's other more productive ways to make your point. Ultimately, I would agree. I, I'm not sure it's the, the best avenue. As a matter of fact, if you don't do the TV interview and say it, nobody ever knows it's happening. Right? It's anonymous. So right. th- therefore, I, I'm not sure it matters. Um, I find it interesting. I had a couple of conservatives reach out to me and said, "Look, I I, I don't agree with her, what her position on Planned Parenthood is, but I'm not changing my brand of whiskey because some." some woman I dis- I disagree with. He's like, I'm not doing that. He's like, I hate the fact that people on my side of the aisle are going to do that. We're, we have been the let's not be PC people, and now like we want to shut Mila Kunis up? He's like, at the end of the day, he's like, I disagree with her. It doesn't mean I'm, I, I, I don't have to stop drinking whiskey because I just, dis- and so like, do Kevin, thank you for being a very reasonable. balanced, yeah. Well, because let me tell you, thought. honestly, like I know, like a lot of people reach out to me every single day and tell me that they have strong opinions that, that, that differ from mine. And I worry about that because primarily what I'm in here to do for the company, for you, it's to entertain you. For the company, it's to make money. And so what the company wants me to do is butt me up next to good clients, help them endorse those products to sell more products so everybody makes money. I don't think anybody's surprised to find that out, that that's what my corporation wants me to do. But I worry having the opinions that I have in the area where which I do the show sometimes, and it's like, oh, well, I wonder if that's going to lose me a car endorsement. Man, I wonder if that's going to lose me this restaurant endorsement. I mean, dude, I worry about this stuff. So that's why, of course, when this stuff's happening with Mila Kunis and I see the boycott on Twitter, I'm like, all right, well, let's examine this. I got to find out like how serious this is and how like how strongly do people care about this? It's very interesting. I think ultimately at the end of the day, you're probably right that they're probably going to look at it and realize, ah, dude, this ad campaign we did with her, 
it upticked us a little, but not enough to deal with this. Let's go find somebody else who won't have this opinion, and we'll just show her on TV, and we'll go back to selling a bunch of whiskey. That's probably my best guess. We all use coffee to stay awake. You won't believe what a woman tried to tell cops uh, why she was so wired up. Next on The Stansberry Show. The Stansberry Show. We may not be a global epidemic yet. On iHeartRadio. This is a dream come true. Canine. Welcome back to The Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Coming up at 8.45, I fell for one of these stupid internet quizzes. If you do this, this means this about your personality. I completely, dude, I normally make fun of those things to no end, and I fell hook, line, and sinker for one yesterday at 845. I'll throw myself under the bus for that. Which Motley crew member are you? Find out from your Starbucks order. I didn't need to do that. I'm Nikki (laughs) Six. I know it. I'm Nikki. I know it. Actually, as a matter of fact, Nikki always, he said in his book once that Motley Crue was very easy to figure out about who the members were. He said, all you had to do was look at our backstage party. At the backstage party, Vince and Tommy were concerned about where the women were. It's like, Mick and I wanted to know where the drug dealer was. <laughs> Let's find the drug dealer. That, that's how that band broke down. I know they're cheesy as hell, but I love Motley Crue. It's, yeah, it's no hidden secret around here. Dude. I, uh, Sansbury loves the crew. Dude, the crew was damn good. They were a damn good rock band there. Honestly, should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Like I, I, I read an article the other day with Nikki, and he they asked him, and he said, you know, I never cared. He's like, but now Nirvana's in before we are. He's like, and Guns N' Roses, and he's like, Guns N' Roses should be in. Yes. He's like, he's like, I'm not arguing that GNR shouldn't be in. He's like, but we were out before them. We took them out on tour with us. He's like, we're as big as they are, and we're not in. And that is kind of crazy. The crew deserves to be in. There's no question about it. Just so Just so very good. Good times. We all use coffee to wake up every day. Yeah. You always see it on, on on Facebook. Oh my God, I can't even spell my name without coffee. Yeah, okay. all these all these memes. All right. Well, a woman in Florida told cops that uh, she only smokes meth to stay awake. Oh, all right. Yeah, she was. Uh, she got pulled over for a broken taillight. Which, by the way, yeah. Don't drive on drugs or booze. Like, don't do it. But if you're going to, like, let's make sure the car. Remember Pulp Fiction? I don't want to be halfway down the road and find out the taillights don't work. Oh, like, yeah, make dude. Sure, I mean, what do you do? A very simple thing. But again, this gives you a peek into drug addicts because what's important in their lives? Not car upkeep, not you, maintenance on the car. You, you go to the speed limit with no extra stops. I mean, that's the way it goes when you're uh, when you're running something there. Um, but you're right. I mean, when you're an addict, you don't think about stuff like not that. Not at all. And honestly, I always view people who are good on the road. I'm like, yeah, I bet you you used to do drugs back in the day because you didn't want to get busted. You know what I'm saying? Like I people feel, who drive right? Yeah, I feel like I feel like there's a little bit of me. I got to be a better driver because I was always so concerned I was going to get pulled over and get arrested. To be fair, I think there's something to your math because I believe I have become a better driver since having got a DUI. Mm-hmm. Like, and because it was one of those things where I noticed, like, my driving habits have cost me a ton of money. Right. I used to be a big speeder. Right. I got how many speeding tickets throughout my life? So, so much money. So much more money in insurance and all that stuff. Where now I don't do a lot of that. I'm trying to get the road rage under control and all that. I Honestly, I think there's something to your theory there. Well, dude, you know, Fantone just figuring stuff out. See, if her. everybody would just do drugs at 13. You figure it all I'm, out, dude. dude I'm kidding. Doing? I'm kidding. Please don't come to the radio. Yeah. He told my kid to do drugs. No, I didn't. <laughs> I mean, no, I, I did, didn't. but then I backed it off. <laughs> I knew this show was going to go off the rails early. No, I knew early this morning. As I was in the gas station, I walked into the gas station to get a cup of coffee before right. coming to the thing, and the guy in line in front of me turned right around, and he had a big old grin on his face. He's like, 
Stansberry? And I was like, yeah, he's like, I love you, dude. And I was like, at first I thought, man, I think it's weird that, dude, I like, I know guys in families that can't say I love you to one another. Right. <laughs> but, I love you to your dad in 10 years. But, but okay. you know, the guy that talks to you about not sending D pics out, and you're like, yeah, dude, I love that dude. You know what I mean? I, but like, so Ryan, thank you. You made my whole day. But I was like, dude, my day can't start this good. Like, I know the universe. It's not going to allow me to have a great day all day. I know it. We'll get you guys hooked up with $1,000. That happens next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to The Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Coming up at 9 o'clock, it's New Turn Tuesday, brought to you by the Hard Rock Roxino Northfield Park. There you're getting new uh, Jeezy featuring Brother Love, not Puff Daddy. Brother Love. It's ridiculous. Dude. That is ridiculous. Ridiculous. New Luke Bryan. Come out. <laughs> and your rock song of the day is by a new band called Greta Van Fleet. And uh, the song is Safari Song. They have like a four-song EP out. And uh, I felt like some, you know, people kept hitting me up. They're like, dude, you got to get this band on New Tour Tuesday. So I listened to the EP. And I was like, all right, Safari Song sounds like a good New Tour Tuesday song. Let's there put that is. up. I want to give a shout out to one of our uh, very dedicated listeners, Scott Seeley, listening via iHeartRadio right now as he is in Robinson Hospital in Ravenna waiting for the arrival of his first grandbaby. Hey! So, hey, congratulations, buddy. That's awesome. There, uh, Scott been a longtime listener of the program uh, since the first day we signed on here, actually. He's been very dedicated, listens every day. So, dude, good uh, dude, good job. As I'm not a parent, I guess I can't even imagine what you know being a grandparent's like, but I have to imagine that that's like such a like this moment of celebration where it's like, finally, my kids are done. I don't have to take care of you anymore, but now I get to like go enjoy a child. Yeah, you know but what you I always got to keep loose changing candy in your pocket. <laughs> just <laughs> Werther's Originals, here you go. Yeah, just everywhere. I mean, did, does the hair come on them? Do you roll them around somewhere else first? What happens then? <laughs> Speaking of candy. So I've been saying to Fantone all morning, I'm like, dude, my head is pounding. I got yeah. like one of these like sinus type headaches, right? Yeah. And it just won't go away. So I go to the break room to get some acetaminophen for it. And I come back with that and a fistful of mini candy bars from my <laughs> boss's office. Because he's got like one of those like little black like <coughs> kennel things in there filled with, you know, still with Halloween candy. And he's got like these mini baby Ruths, which by the way, is a candy bar I would never buy in the store, but I absolutely love them. They're delicious. They're so good. They're and delicious. I came back with like a fistful of baby Ruths. And so what did I take first? The acetaminophen or the baby Ruths? Baby Ruths. All one, two, three, four. Jeez. Four, four mini baby Ruths and one Milky Way mini. <laughs> so just so you know, when you go to his office after the show today, there's no more baby Ruths in there. I dug through the whole. No, I dug through the whole thing. Took all of those. So all that's left in there now are Milky Way darks and uh, Nestle Crunch bars, which I'm not a huge fan of. So you can have those, buddy. Thanks. So there was a photo floating around the internet that went like viral, and and I understand why because it was pretty funny, um, of Trump's motorcade, like, you know, barreling down the street, and there was a woman on a bike who was next to it, and she's like flipping off the motorcade, and the photo went viral, and of course it was very funny, and you know a lot of people are anti-Trump now, and it's very posh and in vogue now to hate on him. And so, like, of course, this this photo got, you know, shared 9 million times. If you haven't seen it yet, I just posted it for you at Facebook.com slash Stansbury Show so you can see it. I'm sure by now most of you have seen it. And, you know, I, again, I, I try not to be a Trump hater. I, I really don't. I, You know what I mean? I, I, I try to give him enough leeway. It's like, oh, I'm going to do maybe he's going to do some things here I like here in a little while. You know what I mean? So I, I try. But I would have thought this was funny when it was Obama, and I think it's funny when Trump, you know, is president. I just think it's funny that people like will hate the president enough to where as he's going by you to give her the finger. There's also something about this where it's I think even mo- I think honestly I think I could take some of the biggest Trump haters in this area 
And if I put you in a room with them, you wouldn't be able to tell me you didn't like them. There's something about that office, about the power that it yields, where I bet you'd be tongue-tied and starstruck over it. Oh, I can tell you from experience, I was at the Civic Center when he came here to speak, and I was on what was considered to be the rope line when he walked off the stage, like right there, shook the man's hand. And there was a little bit of me that was like, oh my God, that is, this was before he was president. There was a little bit where I was like, kind of like stuck there in that moment. I was like, oh my God, that's Donald Trump. And I'm shaking his little hand. I, um, I will definitely agree that in, uh, there's a difference between like personal one-on-one charisma and like in front of a camera charisma. And I would totally agree with you that in that moment, uh, yeah, you're, you're not necessarily going to, uh, you know, wear your, your resist shirt while you're there. You know what I'm saying? Like you're not going to start a protest, but I guess there's some people who feel differently as far as this woman goes. Um, there's a little bit of me that's like, man, she was really close to that car. Like, and I guess you're right. I mean, the president, it's not like you don't live in a bubble. You're not in bubble wrap. But at the same time, I don't know. It's just like, well, like, what if that woman had like a gun or something? You know what I mean? And I'm not trying to put that on her. I'm just saying, like, it just seemed very like, oh, look how close she is to the president. That's right fair there. point. Um, but as far as this goes, there's two sides to this coin. Um, number one, where are the free speech enthusiasts who say the First Amendment's what they're, they live that life? Why are they standing up for her, right? Because all she did was express her free speech, right? I mean, she didn't, like, threaten his life. She didn't, you know... Somebody's so, going to make the argument about the vulgarity of what that that, that means, and you're not allowed to just scream vulgarity. But how many... But, I mean, good Lord, like, how many times have we been like, well, you should. Who cares if I hurt your feelings? Who cares if... Well, it, that, I mean, that's fair. And the, the other side to this, and this is the side that I'm on... Where it's like, well, you did something out in public, and your boss found out about it, and you're going to get fired for that. I'm okay with that. The whole thing, this whole thing, should people be allowed... Dude, we're past that now. People are going to be fired for photos and videos that hit the the public eye. It's... I'm... I will... You'll hear me say this to Fantone all the time on the show. I don't care about what should be. Dude, I'm not idealistic. I don't care about shoulds. I'm not going to sit here and waste four hours of everybody's time talking about the way the world should be and the best way it's going. I'm the guy telling you the way it is going to be. And this is the way the world will be. Where if you get caught doing stuff like this, and I know I just used the word caught because this doesn't feel tawdry to me in any way. But this is the world now. It should also be pointed out she works for a government contractor or she worked for a government contractor. You don't think they were going to take issue with this? And she knew this, too. Julie Briskman is her name, 50. She's now the, an ex-member of the marketing team at the government contractor, Akima. She was on her bicycle on October 28th, was then fired on Halloween Day. She says, my, my finger said what I was feeling. I'd been on the job for just over six months. She's like, I'm angry and I'm frustrated at the administration. So I acted out. She's been fired, been released, and she said I would do it all over again. And I believe her. And, and there, that's her prerogative. And like, good for her. Like, stand on your hill. And if good that's for you. Write. Except for the fact when you go on another job interview, the person sitting across from you is going to have the piece of paper that says you've already come out and said you would do this again. So why should I bring you on here? Well, if you, I mean, you're dealing with the consequences, right. I guess, is, is, is what it boils She's down 50, to. You, yep, you're a, woman, got, a grown-ass woman, do your thing. Probably put some money away, but again, I'm not going to, I'm never going to concern myself with what should be, because that's for people, that's pie in the sky, people who want to sit around and talk about things that don't matter. At the very least, they're two different conversations. This yeah. is the world, this is the, I'm, I'm interested in what will be. I don't have time for what ifs. She was going to be fired, probably knew she would be fired. Let's be honest. You didn't think somebody in that line had a camera? Come on. 
Um, I think she probably just did it. I don't think she necessarily knew that there was going to be consequence, but... Oh, I think she knew she was going to get attention for doing it. That's why she did it. If you weren't going to get attention, you wouldn't have done it. That was the only reason to do it. It, it, There's a very good chance the president didn't even see you, was looking the other way. She did this to get attention. She's now got the attention she was after. You now have a shot to win yourself $1,000. That happens right now. Your shot at $1,000. Now, text the keyword BANK to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply. That's BANK to 200-200. Rock. 1069. Hey guys, you got Sansbury here for the Wake Auto family. Currently going on right now on the Wake Auto Mile at West Tuscan Lincoln Way between Canton and Maslin. It's truck for a buck. So for the change that you could find in the couch cushion, you could be rolling out with a brand new or pre-owned truck from the Wake Auto family. The Wake Auto family is Stark County's largest pre-owned dealership, and they're offering you truck for a buck on pre-owned vehicles as well. You could also stop by the Wake Ford dealership and grab a 2017 Ford F-150 Super Cab XLT 4x4 and lease it for just $3.99 per month. And like I said, just one dollar down. It's truck for a buck all month long at the Wakeham Auto Family. Wakeham also has a Honda dealership as well, so you can take a look at the 2018 Honda Ridgeline pickup truck. And again, you can buy or lease that Honda Ridgeline with just one dollar down. It's truck for a buck. You need more info? You can find it online at Wakeham.com. That's W-A-I-K-E-M.com. Or just stop by the Wakeham Auto Mile at West Tuscan Lincoln Way between Canton and Maslin so you can take a look at the massive inventory the Wakeham Auto Family has of new and pre-owned trucks. If you head up to the Wake'em Auto Mile, you can do what I did. You can save the Wake'em Auto. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9. We have Canton Charge tickets for their home opener on the 15th. We'll get you hooked up here momentarily. 1-800-243-7625 on those. And then coming up at 810, another shot at $1,000. Stick around. So, some information came out about Josh Gordon okay. via a, a GQ interview he did. Okay. And... I'm not shocked by any of this, and okay. I can't believe. I, and I'm wondering, is this solely being passed around here so much because he played here? Because I don't believe anything he said here. If you understand drug addiction and alcoholism, none of this stuff should be shocking to you or be new information. Um, because he says here, I used to make it a ritual before every game. If I had already been drug tested that week or the day before the game, I knew I had a couple of days to buy and clean out my system. There are things you can buy and like kind of wash your system out. Even before I was getting tested for alcohol prior to my DWI in 2014, I would take the biggest bong rip I could, he says, and I would try to conceal all the smell off of my clothes. I'd be dressed up to go to the game. A bunch of guys smoke weed before the game, but we're not talking about them, he says. I would have these little pre-made shots. I used to love Grand Marnier, which is disgusting, by the way. He says, I could drink it down smooth. I could usually drink a lot of it. But if it wasn't that, it might have been whiskey or something. And I would drink probably like half a glass or a couple of shots to try to warm my system up. Basically to get the motor running. That's what I would do for games. Gordon estimates, Fantone, that he did this probably every game of his career, including in college at Baylor. Gordon previously said in the Uninterrupted documentary that people at Baylor had enabled his drug use, and I believe they probably did. As a guy who has had some people enable things that he's doing because they were making money off of what I was doing, this stuff happens in the professional world. Welcome to life. Okay? I'm not shocked by this. And here's why you shouldn't be shocked about it. This is what drug addiction is. Now, the opiate thing has kind of changed this a little bit. 
But primarily, most drugs, what drug addiction is, is you being able to live your life when you have the drugs. It's when you don't have the drugs that you can't function. I'm not surprised Josh Gordon would get drunk before games or drink before games or smoke weed before games. If you are a marijuana smoker, most marijuana smokers would tell you this. Because they smoke it so often that they can routinely do what they're paid to do while, while smoking marijuana. That it's not going to negative. Now, it may negatively affect them and they don't realize it. Maybe their performance would be better if they weren't doing it. But do I believe an athlete could smoke a joint before a game and still go out and catch 10 balls in an NFL game? Yes, absolutely I do. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people necessarily don't, don't understand addiction in, in that way. Um, there is still, for as many people as there are that you know deal with addiction issues, there's plenty of people with their heads in, their sa- in the sand. And whether that's based on you know just what they've always learned throughout their life or you know propaganda or however you kind of want to look at it, there's plenty of people who think that that like, oh, well, you're an alcoholic. There's no way you could hold down a job. And it's like, well, no. There's, I guarantee you, there's somebody that you know that you work with that has some sort of a substance issue and is high or drunk or whatever right the deal now. is at, at work. For I remember sure. I, when I got arrested for, for my DUI, they make you go to like a diversion class, right? It's like a three-day hotel stay thing. Right. And it's just nine hours a day of being basically in therapy. Right. And, you know, counseling and the like. And I remember sitting in the back of the class. And I'm like, dude, my dad was a counselor. I mean, he had a psych degree. And so, like, and I worked with an addict prior before. So maybe I have a little bit more knowledge on this stuff than maybe the average human being. My brother also had some issues a couple of times growing up as a kid. So, like, I've been around this. And I think it's fair to say that you've kind of ran yourself through a couple of different things in, in your day, right? Sure. I mean, and I think a personal perspective on it does give you a different going to give you a different opinion. I did afternoons for, honestly once upon a time like higher drunk every day. Like I mean so yeah, I mean I have right. seen this, right? I've seen this. And I remember sitting in that class and they were kind of talking about how like, you know, it, to to these people that you're probably an alcoholic without realizing it. And a guy raised his hand, he was like, and I'm not knocking this profession. But he washed dishes in a restaurant, right? And he thought because he made it to work every day that that many didn't have a drug problem. And I remember raising my hand and said, "Guys, we have had presidents who have been alcoholics." And everybody in that class turned around and looked at me like I was crazy. And sure enough, the person running the class at the front of the room was like, "Now he's right. Like, welcome to drug. This is drug and alcoholism. Like, this is what happens. Like, you can absolutely. That's why there's the term functioning alcoholic. It's because you can function while being an alcoholic. I don't know why people are surprised to find this out." I mean, I think it's just like anything else where you assume that an alcoholic is going to literally be like the dude standing on the street corner with a bottle of hooch in a brown bag, you know, passed out in the gutter. Like a nodding out addict versus somebody who just like like, chips and goes in. If you think of a heroin user, you know, you you automatically think of somebody living under a bridge, you know, just getting by to that next fix. Yeah, that's not what it is. I mean, that's not, I mean, that's what it can be. They exist. Sure. But that isn't necessarily going to be. That's the extreme end of addiction. Most of it is lived in the middle, where people can go in and out of their daily lives. And again, do I believe Josh Gordon, people at Baylor, were enabling this? Yes. Nikki Six talked about this in his book called The Heroin Diaries, which if you've never read it, you should. It's an amazing book, right? And Nikki was talking about this. He's like, people ask me all the time why nobody stopped me. And he said, well, why was anybody going to stop me? I was the golden goose. I was making it rain millions of dollars in everybody's household. As long as the albums kept coming and they kept selling, why was anybody going to stop what I was doing? Nobody wants to upset the apple cart when you're, when you're the gravy train. People just want the gravy coming. And I remember reading that 
and thinking to myself, having worked with an addict, like, my God, he's right. I watched people do this. I watched people know that there was an issue and deny it, bury their heads in the sand, and turn the other way because they were going to turn a dime on what we were doing. I like how the NCAA holds no responsibility on anything, dude. We can have this basketball scandal come out where guys are getting hookers for for 17-year-olds. We've got this story with Josh Gordon where it's like, uh, you know, Baylor coaches like allowing him and teaching him how but to pass where they draw tests. the line is we're not paying the player. Right. And like, it's just, it just that that blows my mind. Yeah, it's the, oh, it's the integrity of the game, and those kids just love playing football, and they love going out there college football. And it's like Jesus, dude. How much more evidence do you need that this is just as, if not more, corrupt than anything professional going on? This happens in the pro game too. Of course. Let me just tell of you, course. there are guys in the NFL severely addicted to cocaine and coaches know and don't say anything because the player can play. Now, the moment they get arrested, it's going to be, well, we suspected something, but we didn't know, so we didn't want to interject. And it's like, no, dude, you know, you're just turning the other way because the guy dominates on defense. Let us not forget, yeah, I mean, the coaches know that their players have an issue, and probably part of the problem is like, the coaches have issues too. It was that guy from the Miami the Dolphins, Dolphins who got just caught snorting out lines, you right. know, dedicating it to his ex-girlfriend. So like, yeah, I mean, all these guys, and that's the thing is all these guys have came up through this system. They all know how it works. You they know why people know. hate this? this? This is why people hate this is because one of the things we do in this country while teaching people to stay away from drugs is tell kids that you cannot achieve great things if you do drugs. And that's why people hate stories like this is because Josh Gordon had next level talent. I mean, next level beyond NFL. He's got Super Bowl talent, that kid. And so now all of a sudden it shoots a hole in your boat of, well, if you drink whiskey, you can't be successful. Well, and but I guess here's the thing, though, is that, like, yes, Josh Gordon does have next-level talent. Josh Gordon or, did have next-level talent, but he did get brought down by drugs, and that's why he wasn't super successful, and that's why he didn't reach his that's maximum. That's fair, too. That's why he didn't reach his maximum potential as an NFL player is that's because fair. he couldn't stay off drugs. So, like, there, I know what you're saying there. and I think, Well, look at Michael Phelps. Right. Look at Michael Phelps. People are like, oh, if you smoke well, weed, you're never going to be successful. Different. I mean, he's the most accomplished gold medal winner ever, right? Difference between smoking weed recreationally occasionally versus like using it as a chronic, you know. There is a difference in that. You know, as, 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 an, as an everyday user. Again, you got to remember before you get all mad at me that I'm the guy that constantly says that one thing this country has done massively wrong in the drug world has, has been constantly telling young people that marijuana is not addictive. Let me just tell you, if you're in high school right now and you're being told that, it's an absolute 100% fallacy lie. Marijuana is 100% addictive. I don't care what anybody tells you. There's a reason why people who have done it do it three times a day, every day, for the last 25 years of their life. It's because it's not addictive? I got it. What it is, is it leaves your body at a slower pace, and so your body doesn't go through the same withdrawal systems that it does with cocaine when it's leaving your body in 72 hours. You're not feeling it. It's happening to your body. You just don't feel it. Take somebody who smokes weed every day, three times a day, and get them off of weed for two weeks and tell me if they're not more ornery than they were a month ago. Welcome to drug addiction. Marijuana is absolutely addictive. I don't care what anybody tries to tell you. That is the that is one of the most harmful lies we have told this entire... This is why one. I believe it's one of the reasons why we can't get legal marijuana passed. Is because people have been telling it, oh, it's just marijuana. It's not that big of a deal. Yes, it is. I mean, yeah, honesty is the best policy. And if you want something to change, being honest about it is the first step. Yeah, I mean. It's the only way to do it.
You can't just lie just because it helps your argument. Well, but it's medicine and it helps everything, man. I got asthma. It helps me. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah, sure it does. It helps you. No, it's okay to want to get high, but yeah, you don't need to hide behind like, that's going to do, do, do the medicine, man, the hip. That lie, as a, as, a, as a legalized marijuana proponent, that lie is one of the most dangerous lies this country has ever pushed out. I wholeheartedly believe that. Marilyn Manson is back to his Marilyn Manson ways. We'll give you that and Canton Charge tickets next on Rock 106. 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show, Rock 106.9. We have Canton Charge tickets. We'll pass those out here momentarily. Nice. 1-800-243-7625, the number you need on those. Sorry, I just accidentally closed all my internet windows down. Geez, shut it down, Stansberry. And now I don't have a... It's like his wife came through the door. Just shut them all down all at once. And now Close I don't... Now I don't have a... Now I don't have the story in which I wanted to discuss. Sorry, right, I'll discuss the Canton Charge, dude. November 15th, home opener going down Canton Civic Center. Uh, I know they're handing out uh, free schedules that night as well. I know the Canton Charge girls are going to be there. By the way, Stansberry... Let's talk about that in a little. Uh, that's what I was going to say. I mean, we are talking about, I think, almost an entirely new crop there. Maybe uh, you know. Maybe I'll put in a good word for you or something. Like that. I, I mean, dude, little can power couple. It could be. I could like be. it. I like it. I do need to meet somebody. Yeah, yeah. I gotta be honest with you. I'm getting kind of bored recently. Um, I feel like another one of my like good friends is kind of having the same issue as you are right now. Dude, and, dating sucks. And I, I, I said miserable. to him, I was like, dude, you've got kind of two options here. You can lean into what you're doing right now where it's like, nope, I decided to dedicate myself to my career, my hobbies, my habits, and you're going to have some negative consequence with that where it's like, yeah, you get to be selfish, you get to do what you want, you get to play golf all day, you get to you know play video games all day, but on the flip side, you're going to have to deal with like whether it's loneliness or lack of companionship or whatever you feel like is the problem there, maybe some boredom. I'll tell you the only time I care is when I want to go do things, like when I right. get tickets to things. Right. Like yesterday, I got my A Perfect Circle tickets. I love A Perfect Circle. But I was like, well, now what do I do? Like, who do I take? See, and honestly... I don't want to take a date. You don't want to take somebody new out to something like that. Because now, especially from here, now I'm stuck an hour in the car on the way up, hour on the way back. If you have a miserable time, now I'm just like, oh my God. That's miserable. It just sounds miserable. Should have left you in Cleveland. Left you up at the Wolstein. Exactly. So, like, that's the only time I care. Well, then, by you saying that, I really do think then you're you're kind of making your decision there of, like, you're going to have to lean into what you're doing because the other side of that coin, the other option that you have there is to do that brutal self-evaluation and decide what is and is not worth it to you in the sense of, like, well, maybe I need to be more open to things outside of my realm of, of, of comfort or maybe I need to be more open about, you know, uh, how I deal with women and how I deal in relationships and who I am in that moment. I'm fine, dude. I don't think I don't think my problems stem from any of that. You know what my problem is? I don't meet people. Well, but but, but there's something there. There is a problem. So you're gonna have no. To there's dis- not a problem, dude. It's that I'm not. I'm never in social situations. So you're gonna have to put yourself in more social situations. You're gonna have to get outside of like. This is honestly, and I don't want anybody to walk away feeling like I have a negative opinion of where we live. But this is a hard dating community, and I don't know if it's this place or if maybe it's just like. Uh, the age I am in life, because I hear a lot of people bitch about that, but this, honestly, dude, it's small. The internet has made it much, much smaller. And so, dude, every time I do meet somebody, 
Then I then I run into a guy on Facebook. I was like, oh yeah, dude, I know her, and wait to hear this, and all this, and I know this, and it's like, dude, I feel like I learn everything about somebody from everybody else but them now, and that's what I am finding I, I have a hard time with, and I just don't have running mates to kind of go out with anymore. Like I just don't have that, and so like, dude, most guys my age are married and have kids, and the last thing their wives want them doing is running to the bar with me. Like I can't tell you how many times I'm told that. Well, dude, I would, but I'm kind of not allowed to go there with you. I mean, there's plenty of other avenues outside of just going to the bar and I know you'll like shut those down you won't necessarily be open to those and if I disagree I don't I need examples of that uh, like I mean like uh, like prime examples like dating on the internet and I know like no I'm like, not doing that so, I mean I uh, do dating on the internet's so, the worst but I mean you're making your decision of like all right I'm not willing to bend here and then you can't yeah I'm not I that is true then I am not willing to bend there I dude I tried Twitter I or tinder I tried plenty of fish and they're awful so at this point I really do think then like well you're deciding that you're gonna lean into this and you're deciding that like hey this is the life i've chosen with the good comes the bad and you yeah, know ultimately i am okay with it because like i said outside of events i could care less yeah i mean if, the, and if, if i that, don't want somebody sitting on the couch annoying me all day i don't want that if that's truly the case then that is what you're deciding yeah i i, mean, I, I kind of have i think i have just decided that it's like you know what like i'm just like yeah see i do my buddy grant just hit me up he's like you need a wingman and i do he'd be a great wingman really good in the bar there you go dude yeah no grant would be do grant yeah you and i will we do although dude he's a bartender so come friday saturday night when i have time to go out and do things he's going to be behind the bar making money Uh, yeah but i mean grant's at least going to be able to uh you know what do i want to say here give you give you something else to work with there so he'd be a good wingman though if he's giving you funny if he's good giving you dude. that opportunity, you should take him up for it. I'm sure he's got to Yeah, I, I, I kind of... Because, dude, I tried Tinder, but it's just brutal. Like, I tried Tinder for what Tinder was meant for, which is, dude, I just need to get laid. That's, like, what that thing is for. But now it's all chicks with cat photos, and if you're looking for a hookup, swipe this way. No, lady, get off of Tinder. That's what this yeah. was for. Go to, like, eHarmony.com with your cat photos, well, and you're a good mom. That's not what Tinder is for. I mean, is but is, is that really more what you're looking for? For is because I know you're not just looking for like you know a port in the night. I mean, if, if you're looking for somebody to do things with, maybe Tinder's uh, the, the a, wrong. A little, a little bit of both there, uh, right? I mean, why can't it be a little bit of both? I, it certainly probably is, but you can only take you can only take accountability for what you do. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes, there's going to be uh, challenges amongst the way, but like I said, this uh, this probably all will have to start with like, well, what am I willing to sacrifice on? What am I willing to bend on? And not to like put this on you, but like, not much is the answer for you. You know what I'm saying? I'm not in. I'm not much for compromise. You're I'm not. not. You're, you're, I'm not. I do. You are. I, I do like things my way. And, I, I do. And there's going to be some people who are okay with that, but they're going to be fewer and far in between than people who are going to be okay with that mutual compromise. It's also one of these things where like I am I'm also very upfront and unapologetic about the fact that you will never be more important to me than what I do for a living. Like that will never happen. I will never value my personal life over my professional life ever it's, because my professional life is what makes the light go on. Like everybody says love's more important than money. Okay, lose your job. <laughs> And then, and then tell me love's more important. Because let me tell you what happens. Then you're in financial you know, despair, and then your relationship breaks up because that's none, the number one thing that breaks marriages up is fights over money. So, like, dude, money apps. I hate when people say that. Money doesn't matter. Money's the only effing thing that matters. It's the only thing that makes the whole world go around. The rest of it's all a scam and all been sold to you. Money absolutely matters. 
now, does love matter too? Of course it does. But I am, I am a little resistant to compromise. I'm not into that. And I'm very upfront about the fact that, no, dude, if, it, if this interferes with what I do for a living, I will sacrifice you 100 out of 100 times to save what it is I do for a living. I absolutely will. Because it's more important. Jobs are necessities. Relationships are, are wants. They're nice to have. And they probably make your life better. And, and I would admit that my life would probably be better if I was in a fully committed relationship right now. I can full on admit that. But this is a necessity. I need this to survive. And so, therefore, my attention will always be primarily right here. We have Canton Charge tickets November 15th is when they play their first game at home. Let's send you. We'll take caller 20 right now, 1-800-243-7625 on those. Get you hooked up with $1,000 next on Rock 106.9. Good morning. The Stansberry Show. Or the God of your choosing. Best morning ever. Kent's Rock Station. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. We still have a perfect circle of tickets. 8.30, we'll pass those out. Then coming up at 9 o'clock, it's New Tour Tuesday, brought to you by the Hard Rock Roxino there. You're getting new Jeezy featuring Brother Love, formerly known as Puff Daddy. New Luke Bryan, and also a uh, rock band called Greta Van Fleet, which people are really pumped. I, I've had multiple people reach out to me and say, oh, dude, thank God you're going to get that on for New Tour I love that band. They seem to be the hot new thing right now. I, um, well, you know what? We'll play it, and then we'll figure it out. Well, then we'll talk. You know, I keep being told, they're the new Led Zeppelin. And to me, it's like, nah, they're the new Wolf Mother, but still pretty good. Well, we'll check out their song, Safari Song to end New Tour Tuesday today. Speaking of rock acts, Marilyn Manson back in the headlines now. Okay. This is, I guess, the night after the shooting in Texas where the 48-year-old rock star who has said that Columbine shootings were to blame for ruining his career, which I'm not sure his career got ruined. Uh, if anything, I think that that kind of probably heightened album sales. I don't know that to be true. I don't know either. I don't know. I'd be interested to, to know that. But it seemed to me like he was all over the news. And I know when you're a shock rocker like that, people boycotting your shows normally means more ticket sales. I don't know that to be true. I know. I mean, people were boycott. I mean, I remember I went to one of his shows at CSU, and there was a line of people around the block who were like, "You shouldn't be going to this, and it's awful, and he's evil, and he's the devil." And he was in San Bernardino, California. And he had pointed a fake rifle at the audience. Now, people may have already forgotten that San Bernardino is the city where 14 people were killed and 24 were injured in a December 2nd, 2015 terror attack. God, that was only two years ago, dude. That was only two years ago. It feels ago. longer God, than that. God, it feels like forever ago. And, like, it feels like there's been, like, 8 million <laughs> shootings since right. then, dude. I don't understand why people are this outraged over Marilyn Manson in this. You know when you buy a ticket to Manson, this is what he does. I once watched him stand up on stage and take a Bible and rip the pages out of it and throw it into the audience. This is what Manson does. He's an envelope pusher. He's basically Alice Cooper reincarnated and and put back out. That's all he is, is Alice Cooper and put back out there. And every time, every time this this artist comes out, in early 70s, it was Cooper. Mid-late 70s, it was Kiss. And then it was Marilyn Manson. It's like, dude, parents always overreact over these guys and give them exactly what they want, which is the number one thing that will push record sales is your parents telling you they don't want you to have your hands on it. And that's who his music is for, primarily. 
is for younger people coming into their own. Now, I still love Manson because, again, it came out when I was in high school. So, of course, I like it. But I don't know why people are shocked by what he does anymore. This is what he does. He's a no. shock rocker. It's what he does. Right. You're going to be so, like, surprised by this. Um, do I think, I mean, I mean, it's not even, it's a moot point to say, like, well, I think it's in bad taste because everything the guy does is in bad taste. It's intentional bad taste. Like, that's what it's all about. So, like. Had an album called Antichrist Superstar. That's in bad taste is what he does. Um, I, I, I guess, you know. I asked this question earlier when it came to the woman who was flicking off um, the president and got fired for it. Is like, is this a free speech issue? Like, is this a? It well, he's a be, performer. Right? I mean, it should be. Yes, absolutely, it should be. So, I mean, he's a performer. And as far as like, well, this was the day after a mass shooting in America. The goddamn mass shooting in America every three days. What are we not going to ever have guns as a part of like a show? Are Our we stick? never? Are we never going to use gun imagery? Are we never like? No, but I mean, I was talking about this earlier too with somebody online about that photo of that woman getting fired for flipping off the Trump motorcade. You got to understand, this is the world in which you live now. Social media brought us here. I say this all the time, and I can't believe more people don't pick up on this and start driving this narrative home, because it's one of the most important narratives you'll hear from here or anywhere else, which is social media has ruined us as people. We no longer have the sense of humor we once had. We no longer have the resolve we once had. We no longer have the toughness we once had. What we've done now is we have turned Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, whatever the new one will be, uninterrupted, into the new Roman Coliseum. Oh my God, there's blood in the water. Now everybody thumbs up or thumbs down and let's find out if this person gets to make a living anymore. That's who we are now. We feast off the bones. That's the American public today. And it's because everybody fakes morality online and pretends to be something that they're not in virtue signal and whatever the cool new buzz phrase of the year is. That's what we do now. We no longer have sense of humor anymore. We no longer have any. As a matter of fact, like this morning, as a matter of fact, I thought we, we did a story about a woman telling cops that she smoked meth so, she's, so she could stay awake. Let me tell you the difference in this job between 2009 and now. In 2009, you would have expected out of me to make jokes about that. Where in 2017, you can't joke about that. Drug addiction is a serious thing. It takes the lives of hundreds of thousands of people. How dare you make light of that? That's where we live now. It's because you want to fake your morality and pretend to the community that you're better than you are. It doesn't mean that you're awful, but you're not as good as you pretend to be either. You're not awful, but you're not a saint. And that's what social media is. Is you're trying to put your best foot forward constantly out of fear that somebody's going to call you out. As a matter of fact, a guy tweeted this the other day, and he's totally right. He said, 2007 to 2012, Twitter was awesome. It's a young man who said, dude, I taught people how to cook crack in a microwave in 2010 on Twitter. Nobody cared. Nobody blinked an eye. Today, he's like, they would they'd cancel my account for that. He said, people have gone overboard looking for controversy. That's who you all have become now. You're like Columbo out there looking for the wrongdoing in America versus just living your lives and enjoying it. Well, of course, you're never going to experience joy if all you're doing is constantly looking for the next thing to take down. But getting upset with Marilyn Manson for being Marilyn Manson is just absurd. This is who the guy is. It's who he's always going to be. 
Now, you can make the argument that, dude, maybe you're 50. Maybe it's time to stop putting the face paint on and the guns. Maybe. Yeah, uh, maybe. But Alice Cooper, I just went saw Alice Cooper. Money. Yeah. <laughs> I saw Alice Cooper this last summer. He's like 75 years old, and he was awesome. So, I mean, welcome to performers. This is what they do. I don't understand people getting upset with Marilyn Manson about this. I don't get it. Especially, you think his audience cared? They bought tickets. It's not like Marilyn Manson showed up in your living room and did this. They bought tickets to go see him. They knew exactly what they were getting when they bought a Marilyn Manson ticket. Nobody there was offended by it. It's the photos now still, and it's being shared and retweeted, so now it's evil. Nobody in the audience cared, which that's the only people who should have an opinion on it because they were the only ones there. I don't get this at all. Like, we got to stop with this, dude. You're not the good saint you're trying to be online. Quit. It's annoying. And eventually what it's going to have is everybody looking into what the dirt on you is. And if you're a human being, there's dirt on you, dude. Nobody makes it deep into their life without doing something, multiple things that they regret. Evil lurks in the heart of all men. Quit looking for the controversy. Here's your $1,000 right now. Your shot at $1,000. Now, text the keyword WIN to 200-200. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply. That's WIN to 200-200. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. Rock 106.9. We have a perfect circle. Tickets around 845. We'll give you those. I'll also throw myself under the bus for falling for a stupid internet quiz. What does this mean about your personality? Okay. I fell for it. I totally fell for one of these. Can't wait to get into it. I constantly rally against those, bash people for doing them, and there I was yesterday going, well, I do that. What does that mean about my personality? Find out what character of that 70s show you are based on your Starbucks order. Not Hyde, because I'll tell you, I'm not Hyde, because he keeps raping chicks. So, like, not that dude. Not it. Which, by the way, I find is interesting. There's a ton of... A ton of evidence against that kid, and Netflix isn't pulling his show, The Ranch, off the air like they did with Kevin Spacey. They're not doing that. I find that to be weird. I I think it's probably because Kevin Spacey is a bigger star, and probably because Ashton Kutcher is really the thing behind The Ranch that makes people want to watch it. Maybe that's it, but it's I, I, I that is a really weird thing happening with Netflix right there. Someone pointed this out to me, and I don't know how valid it is, but like... When it's a gay situation, we're very quick to believe the victim male, the male victim there. When it's a female, when it's a heterosexual situation, we're less likely to believe the victim there. And I don't know if that's like, if that weighs out, but somebody pointed that out to me with Kevin Spacey and this Danny Masterton. And I was like, oh, maybe there is something to that. I don't know. Wow, I never looked at it from that angle. Because, I, like, even like, even like, if we're going to take like the rape allegations out of it, if we t- if we compare Kevin Spacey to like, I don't know, I don't want to say Harvey Weinstein, but another one of these dudes, there's been plenty of like, well, she could be lying, she could be lying, she could be lying, and with this, with Kevin Spacey, we nobody, nev- nobody ever said, well, maybe they're just trying to go after Kevin Spacey's money. Money, nobody brought that up. Wow, that is interesting. That's a solid point. I don't know who said that to you, but that's a solid point. A little interesting thought there, I thought. That is interesting. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's I don't know if it's because it's, Do you think it's maybe because people don't want to talk about the gay thing out loud as much? And maybe. so they're just like, shut this down. You're right, he did it, and like let's get the gay agenda <sighs> off the news. I, I guess, or is it is it like is it 
the overall bias that we give men, like we give men the credit of the or the, the benefit of the doubt, even if it's in a gay situation. I, I don't know. I don't know. I maybe the public does. I do I not know. give men the, the benefit of the doubt, especially when it comes to being creepy with women. Oh the God! Mo- right. I mean, dude, I know men. Like having been a man, been around in my entire life, and dude, I always say this to women. Like, you think your husband's this thing? You should hear what he says to me. <laughs> you should hear what he says about women to me. Like, and to, like, you know what I mean? When I meet people or, like, with my emails back and forth with people or, like, dude, I'm out on a golf course playing with people maybe I don't know fully. Like, the things men will say about women, honestly. Yeah. And I know women are like, dude, my, not my husband. Yeah, your husband, too. There's, a, there's, there's, there's definitely quote-unquote locker room talk, but then there's a different level of, like, once you start. Yeah, there I, is. I'm, I'm not bra- I'll brag about sex. I'm not bragging about sexual assault. You know what I mean? That's like, different. That's, that, those, are, those are two different things. Yeah, to me, describing a woman you, that you hooked up with and how hot she was and the physical attributes, that to me is locker room talk. Right. Talking about raping somebody is not right. locker room talk. That's just awful. It's just it's criminal it's, talk. It's that. criminal right. talk. Right. That's a very different. Those are very, very different things. I think it's very natural for a guy to look at a very attractive woman and think to himself all the dirty things he wants to do to her and maybe even say them to another man, but to then say them to her or to do them to without, do permission without permission right. is where that's a line too far. That is interesting with the Kevin Spacey, Danny Masterson Nobody thing brought there. it up. Nobody was like, maybe he's lying. Nobody. Wow. I never put it through that filter. That is an interesting like social experiment there. I wonder what that is all about. But by the way, The Ranch coming out on Netflix. <laughs> there you go. Watch it, well, watch <laughs> it all you, you want. Watch it while you can. All right. So I found this story yesterday, and I could feel the anger in this nation. Okay. Like bubbling. <laughs> Right. And getting ready to boil over. Okay. Okay. We're pissed. Yeah, as a country, we are. Hey, we are. We're we're a very angry country. And I will admit that I picked this subject for the for the rundown because I knew it's like, oh my God, is this gonna make people fly off the handle at one another, at me, whatever. Okay. And so I posted the video. It's online at WRQK.com. You can also see it at Facebook.com slash Stansbury Show. I'll tweet it out here momentarily at Stansbury Show is how you follow me on Twitter. But a University of Miami assistant professor is deliberately provoking controversy and debate. That's what she's after is a national debate with an artwork exhibit that she's done surrounding the American flag. All right. Now, the American flag has been top of conversation a lot recently. You got the NFL, you know, kneeling for the national anthem, and then that became about the flag, and it became about this, and then, and then it became, well, you shouldn't do this with the flag, and well, look, this is disrespecting the flag. You're not supposed to lay it on the ground. You're not supposed to do this and lay it flat and all, this, all these things, and then everybody pointed out the hypocrisy of the NFL putting it on the field, and then it became, well, actually, the law says you should never wear it, and it's like, you know, Keith Olbermann was wearing it, but then blasting Tommy Lahren for wearing it, and it's like, everybody, honestly, is a complete and utter hypocrite when it surrounds the American flag because if you're going to be honest and I'll be the first one to do it I have no idea what the code says about the American flag and what I can and cannot do with it and neither do you ultimately at the end of the day you just want to get mad because somebody's being American in a way that you don't like and that's all this is but a, but a university professor and I will b- tell you from where I stand here I believe a professor at a college university should do thought provoking things 
and have thought-provoking conversations because that's where you go to shape how you feel and think about the world. College is where you go to do that. And that's always the argument that you hear when it comes to like, well, they want to have this alt-right protest at the our alt-right speaker at you know at Berkeley College. And well, is it free speech week? Can Milo Yanniopoulos go there? Can Ann Coulter go there? And the argument for that is always, well, college is where you go to learn about big, scary ideas and, and challenge your thought process and like I believe Milo should be able to, to, to talk at colleges. I believe those dudes should be able to go to college and talk. A, they're not making students go. You're choosing to go. So nobody, you're not forcing their agenda on anyone. You're just giving them a space to say what they, what they want to say, which again, I think ultimately is fine. Milo should be able to say whatever he wants, wherever the hell he wants, as long as he's not forcing it on somebody else. The only thing I'll say is nobody owes you a platform, but yes, I take your point there. The colleges is kind of where you should be able to go for this, right? And so this woman, Billy Grace Lynn... No, I'm sorry, that's not her. This is a, that's from another exhibit. But this assistant professor from the University of Miami has taken the American flag, three of them, posted, she has basically cut them and shaped them in the form of a KKK hood. Okay. So like the dark blue and the stars make the cone at the top. The stripes are like then falling down downward, and there are two eyes holes cut right there in, in where the stripes are. And at the tip of the cone is the eagle with the, you know what I mean, with the wingspan out. Okay. And people are furious. Okay. She says here the piece was prompted by this year's riots in Charlottesville and have fluctuated between misidentifying the piece as, she says people are misidentifying the piece as white supremacist art. And she says, that's absolutely not what this is. But she says here, I am trying. She's like, this is controversial by choice. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to be controversial. And I'll be honest with you here. It's an uncomfortable visual when you see it. But we cannot deny, and I will never deny, that this country has mishandled race in its history. We can at least all agree on that, right? Like, I, I don't care what you think about what happens now or who got what and affirmative action ruined this or whatever. I don't care what you think about any of that. We can all at least meet in the middle ground that this country has not handled race as responsibly as we could have. Uh, I'm gonna, I, I'm can, gonna, can I, I can't get everybody there. No, you cannot. Wow, no, that's crazy. I, I mean, I mean, uh, to be honest with you, like, do I agree with you? Sure. But do I think most, not I'm most, sorry, but it, all people know in our country's history, we have, you're not allowed to use this drinking fountain. If they, if that to you doesn't scream, we have hand, we have missed at least sometime throughout this country's history. We mishandled race relations. I'm sorry, you are wrong. It's not about what you feel. It's about right or wrong and fact or fiction. And it is fact. We have mishandled race in this country at least during a portion of our history. I'm sorry if you don't feel that way. It this is this is somebody telling you you are wrong. I, I'm going to tell you you're wrong. Okay, but I knew when I saw this photo, I was like, oh, my God, for the disrespecting the flag people, this is going to be bigger than kneeling for the national anthem. Right. You're basically saying here with this photo, our history is. We're all Klan members. Now, I don't know if that's what she meant to say, but that's what it says to me when I look at the photo. Now, it may say something different to you when you look at it at WRQK.com. I don't know. But with my first thought was, oh, my God. And I will admit that I was kind of forced then when I saw it yesterday to be like, 
Well, I got to be honest with you. I mean, I do live in America where we have not historically handled this issue the best. Uh, I, I think there's something to be said about you being able to see that, think that, and then continue your thought and continue to like, well, what am I really seeing here? What am I really thinking here? A lot of people aren't going to do that. A lot of people are going to see that, assume that what she meant to say there is... I'm a clans I'm a clansman, you're just as bad as a clansman, you're a terrible, awful person, because that's what it is, dude. Is when you talk about race being a part of the American story, which I think it's undeniable that it is. Separate um, drinking fountains. It happened. And then sixty years ago. It's not like right. that was it's not like that was like, oh wow, well, literally know, turned years ago. Fire hoses on people. Like, children. It, dude, it's happened. Right. So like but people but people hear that, see that, and automatically put it through the filter of I'm you're calling me a bad person, therefore I'm going to negatively react. No, to this. and again, you're right. That is is what people think and that's what people see i think what you got to remember is she's just pointing out that there are people who are like this because sometimes we like to deny that it's still going on and we're here now where we've seen it i don't know if you can deny it anymore i mean it, we've seen it this is this is popping up like if you would my my father's no longer with us 15 years i think he's been dead if you would have told him hey dude the nazis are coming back you know what i mean he would have been like no they're not we already handled that and some very fine people on that side you know what i'm saying that's a direct quote like so like that's 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 the world that we live in and i guess uh, to me uh, I, I, i'm i'm that was a quote by somebody else not yes, my father that was, by, by, that was a quote by the president of the united states not, of america not my father um so I, I guess to me it's like lady you've got you know all the right in the world to do whatever you want this is america the first amendment exists and you can get pissed about the flag but i guess i'll say to you why are you being so pc bro this is what she says it is a deliberately provocative piece it's a proposal she says i'm asking a question there's no way to walk up to somebody on the street and say, do you think people are concealing their bigotry and racism behind the flag, behind being patriotic? That's the question, and that's what I find so disturbing. And I think she's right in the sense that there are people who do this. Like, I saw a post today, the Mila Kunis story, right, where she, like, donated this money to Planned Parenthood in Mike Pence's name. And so I read some of the comments on the news organization who posted the story originally. Right. And one of the quotes was, Hey, Patriots, time to all get together and make sure we don't buy Jim Beam. And I did. I walked away from that going, so what is that to mean? That because I don't necessarily think Planned Parenthood's the most evil organization out there, that I'm not a patriot? Like, what is, like what's the meaning there? Yeah. And I do think there are people who hide behind the word patriot and are using that to mask their racism. It, it, I do believe that. now it's not things, everybody. Right. So if you have a these colors don't run bumper sticker on your truck, I'm not saying that's you. But make no mistake that there are people out there that hide their racism behind the fact that they're just a proud red-blooded American who loves this country. I do think that there are people who do that. And again, I don't love this piece. And if my kid came home from college, I'd be like, oh, that's a little weird. I can't believe I'm paying $50,000 a year for that. But at the end of the day, it's a professor. They're kind of supposed to create thought-provoking environments. Otherwise, if you're just going to teach my kid what he learned in seventh grade, what the hell am I sending him to college for? Like, it's kind of their job to push this stuff out there and find out where our lines are and to question establishment. And that's what college used to be about. I know it's not that way anymore because, again, everybody just wants everything bubble-wrapped. Even the people who complain about the world becoming two-piece used to you want it bubble wrapped your way this is what i'm always saying everybody wants the world bubble wrapped in the way they want it wrapped that's the but see that's anti-american that's not what this country is this country is yeah i get to be me and you get to be you even if we don't like it 
That's that's who we that's who we were intended to be. And if Jack would just shut Twitter down, we could get back to it. We'll pass out these a perfect circle tickets. That will happen next on Rock 1069. The Stansberry Show. That guy knows how to party. Rock 1069. 1069. I don't know why we got sick of James Hetfield right there and just cut that song off right at that moment. I don't know what the hell happened there. Absolutely nothing. And then nothing. <laughs> okay. All right. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show where nothing goes right. Not no. even the Metallica. No. Can't even do that one right. I mean... I can remember, dude. I can remember far enough back where where Metallica wasn't even part of the program. Remember that? Oh yeah, oh yeah. We once. This is a true story. We were once in this very studio with a member of management, and he picked up the phone, and somebody asked, "Dude, why don't you play Metallica during the morning show? You should do that." Yeah. And he said, "Well, because sometimes we have little old ladies who listen, and they get." They get terrified of it. And I remember like watching it happen. I was like, oh my God, somebody tackle this idiot. Like you can't tell rock fans that you're not programming what they want because of a little old lady. Because of grandmas. Then it was, well, then Metallica gets written out on the dashboard and those new electronic radios and it just looks offensive. Okay, okay, I guess. And I said, hey, raise your hand if you've never worked at a rock station before. And that was the only person able to raise their hand. But now here we are. We're, we're with Metallica, just not all of it. Most of it. <laughs> just most of King Nothing. Which, by the way, I know everybody likes him. Fantone and I always talk about this off the air. I know people love to trash Metallica after, like, Master of Puppets. Like, right. the purists are like, anything after Puppets is bad. Oh, bad. Dude, I got to tell you, King Nothing's a great song. Pretty I, good. If you ask me, King Nothing is a great song. Pretty, I love that song. Pretty good stuff yeah. right there. I hated their last record, thought it was trash, and... You know, I got murdered by the Metallica fans, even though I ended up being right, because you haven't heard a song off of it anywhere since. Well, to be fair, I mean, we're barely playing songs off of Reload. That's fair. That's fair. Let's not. All right. I fell for an internet test yesterday, and we constantly bash this kind of stuff on the radio here. What happened, dude? Tell me. And so I saw this photo, and it says, the way you make a fist says a lot about your personality. Find out what. And there was three like cartoon pictures of a fist. Okay. And I thought to myself, I was like, well, how do I make a fist? <laughs> I'm bored. I'm on the couch. I no longer have cable. I'm super bored. <laughs> there you go. There let, you go. Let me click on this. Judge Judy would have filled this time up. Now Stansberry taking stupid internet scams yeah. and getting your personal information stolen so just, you can find out what kind of fist are you Judge are. Judge Judy can come to the house with the gavel. Okay. All right. <laughs> And so I thought to myself, well, how do I make a fist? And so there's three of them here. Okay. One of them is, all right, so you, you kind of like, you make the motion of a fist. It's all about where your thumb goes. Yeah. If your thumb's on top of your index finger, it means one thing. Okay. If you lay your thumb across like your four fingers, it's another thing. And if you put your thumb underneath your four fingers like a mutant, then it means something else. Oh, yeah. That's not natural. That's not all. natural. All right, so how do you make a fist? Hidden behind my fingers. Okay, and again, I think that this proves I'm right, because you and I both make a fist the same way. Okay. And what that means is, we're type B, and if you hold your fist this way, what it means is that your talent, charm, and charisma speak more about you than you ever could. Okay. (laughs) They claim here that we are high on the extroversion scale and ready to act at a moment's notice. Like the thumb that stretches out to cover the other four <laughs> fingers, unconsciously, okay. right. you don't hold back your emotions either. Okay. Now, 
again, I normally laugh all this stuff off much like I constantly do with horoscopes because, Jesus Christ, horoscope writers are just failed fiction writers. But I mean, like, if you're going to buy into how you make a fist says something about you, why not be born in February? Again, I'm throwing myself under the bus here, but don't you think it's weird that we both are that kind of person and yet this is what this says about us? I don't know. I feel like if you read me the fist in the, or the thumb inside of the fingers, there'd probably be parts of it where I was like, well, that kind of speaks to me too. Well, let's say the thumb is on top okay. of the of the index finger. It says, you are a gentle person. You are sensitive, compassionate, and considerate. The one thing that sets you apart is your emotional understanding. You're right, because we all we yeah. both have both those things too. Yeah. I mean, all right. I didn't read the other ones. I just <laughs> I just horse, read though. the one I just bro, read the one of what I do. Bro, to to me, all this really says about you is that you have been in fights before. And like that's the thing, is like if if you put your thumb inside, you're gonna break your thumb if you punch right. somebody. If you put it up top, you're not gonna be able to really punch somebody. Like you, you kind of have to like like put up your dukes. You kind of have to like put your thumbs. Yeah, right you're there. right. If you've it ever means, punched somebody in the face, right, it means you punch somebody. Before. You're not putting your thumb underneath the fingers there. What does that mean? <laughs> Holding the fist like that, fingers above, shows a clear sign of introversion. The thumb hides behind the other fingers, like your inner thoughts, which you don't share with everyone. <laughs> You like your own company <laughs> and that of a selected few. I'm that so dude, too. All those things, bro. All those things. All right. <laughs> it was a stupid internet test. Was it worth getting your credit information stolen for that? Was no. It worth it? Well, to be fair, I used somebody else's phone to <laughs> click on it. I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't. God, yeah, you're right, dude. If this ends up with like with my identity being stolen, so I could be like, look, I'm talented and I got charm, like because that's all those things are. Let me, dude. Let me clue you in. Whatever you want to be is what you will be in those tests. So if you want to be Chandler, you're going to be Chandler because you're going to answer the questions to get the answer that you How want. Would Chandler answer these. How would Mick Mars That's ex- that's exactly all that is. <laughs> I don't know why I fell for this one. I just wanted to be told I was charming and talented. I don't care what it means. I don't care what I have to do to get that answer from somebody. I will search high and low for it. We will start New Turd Tuesday next. And we will also get you hooked up with $1,000 next. But before we do that, let's pass out these are perfect circle tickets. They're playing on the 18th, November, CSU Wolstein Center. We'll send you right now. We'll take caller 25 at 1-800-243-7625 on those. And you're getting $1,000 next on Rock 106.9. On Rock 106.9. Got $1,000 up for grabs here momentarily. We'll give you the next keyword here shortly. You'll text it in. You'll have a bunch of money. Going back to the previous conversation. Where I fell for an internet test about how you hold your fist <laughs> means your personality. And my buddy Dustin tweeted in. He was like, look, dude, I've been in the car with you when you're trying to park downtown. We went to the Browns game together. He's like, dude, you don't hold your emotions back at all. Like, not even a little. I thought you were the, the all-time great parker now. I thought you were the, the Jimmy Johnson of parking nowadays with your backup. No, damn. what he's talking more about is the fact that, dude, I, yes, <laughs> certain driving issues make me crazy. Like, he said to me the one day, he said to me that day, he's like, dude, I could never be you. He's like, I would just, by noon, I'd be exhausted right, every day. Take a nap, dude. He's like, I just don't understand. He's like, everything around you affects you. He's like, you notice everything around you and have an opinion. I was like, yeah, that's, I mean, welcome to my brain. It's just, dude, I'm a crazy person. I have said for 10 plus years in this career, I'm not talented. I'm just nuts. And I'm willing to tell everybody all about it. That's it. That's all I got. 
We do have New Turd Tuesday for you. It is brought to you by the Hard Rock Roxino in Northfield Park there. If you're new to the program, here's how it works. We play you a couple of different songs. We then vote on them, and we bar no format here. We will examine all music. We will also be willing to play some local stuff. Haven't had a submission in a little while. If you're in a local band, send me your stuff, stansburywrqk.com. Include a short little bio on the band and make sure the song's radio edited. There you go. We start every week with a top 40 slash rap type song, and we have that for you. This is Young Jeezy featuring Puff. Wait a minute. Nope. No. Brother Love. There he is. As P. Diddy has changed his name yet again, says he will not answer to P. Diddy. It is now Brother Love, which I'm surprised you haven't been, like every other wrestling fan out there, annoyed about the fact that there was a wrestling dude named Brother Love. Well, the original manager of The Undertaker, Bruce Pritchard, not just a wrestling dude, but no, one of the guys who was, uh, he was a pretty big deal back in the, in the WWE. WWF when it was the WWF. Was that paint on his face, or was he oh, able yeah. to get that pink? No, he, that was, that he definitely was doing face, fa- or face painting, and it was he was like a um, a TV, TV uh, evangel- or like televangelist. Teacher, televangelist, that's what yeah. I was looking for there. Yeah, that was his whole thing, was that he would go up there and like be a faith healer, and he brought the Undertaker out, and it was good times. Man, no matter what it is, the WWE is just, just down to make fun of it. Like, bring it back. They are just down for that. So here's Jeezy and Brother Love with Bottles Up. Yo, pass me that Jeezy. I usually like Jeezy. I have always liked him. I like how they're really bucking the musical trend here. Yeah. <laughs> Just challenging themselves as artists. Where my boy Ciroc? Well, Diddy owns Ciroc, so... He's got a cool voice. Why are rappers always imp- like bragging about condos? Like it's not that impressive, right? Like having a condo is like, like it's not that impressive. Where is Biscayne? I have no idea. Because they love that neighborhood. I have no idea. Is that Florida? I don't know. I don't. I, yeah, I'm interested. Yeah, you're right. Like, I, I mean, Biggie was always talking about his condo, too. Um, and uh, Well, what, dude, when you grow up in a one-bedroom apartment with 15 people in it. Are there more things that rhyme with condo than house? Probably. It's probably one of those where it's like, yeah, dude, just say it's a condo. Who cares if it's a house? You know what I mean? Like, what difference is it? I just bought a townhome. <laughs> like, you're not going to hear a rapper say that, yeah. All right, let's stop right there, too. Guys, you got to get over this Rolls Gold obsession. It looks awful. Yeah, it looks. Uh, I don't the, know. The uh, iPhone looks bad in rose gold. Every dude, I've never like. Do we have a female who works here? She has rose gold headphones, and they. I, I just. I just. I don't get it. What's Diddy doing right now? Just dancing in the background? Diddy's the, essentially the fan tone of this song. He's just in the background just dancing. doing the hype man thing. Dude, I worked at Jeezy show once. Right. It was nuts. We had him at Peabody's once back when that was still open. Oh my God, dude. Like things got 
As a matter of fact, he talks about it in the Wild Boy remix. He said, we did that show in Cleveland, the crowd got wild, and we had to shut it down. That's a true story. Like, they shut that show completely down. It was nuts that night. He needs to do something else with the rhyme scheme scheme here, though. This, that, that. This This isn't normally who he is. All right, man. Let's do something. Yeah, get it going here. So, Puff, are you not doing anything? Come on, bro. So this is being written in and it's true. This is a complete ripoff of a big timer song. Oh yeah. He said this song is stolen sounded. The big timers did it first. And you're a dude, JP, you're right. This is this is absolutely a big timers type song. Now, maybe Manny Fresh did the beat. Like that maybe. Manny does stuff for everybody. Um, which if you don't know Manny Fresh, <laughs> your life's probably better than mine. Oh, <laughs> Manny Fresh is great. Uh, oh, Lauren writing in it says, I used to live in Miami. Biscayne Beach Bay is an expensive suburb like South Beach, the more you know, she says okay. here. So yeah, that's exactly right. why they're all hype on Biscayne. Thank you, Lauren. Yeah, this does sound big timers now that he says yeah, it. Yeah, he's I'm right. The number one stunner. stunner. All right. I mean, it sounds. Maybe Manny did it. But it needs to get better in a hurry. It's only got a minute left. Pretty Jesus. much done at this point. No chorus. We don't need it. So, what did he do? Yell in the background. <laughs> well, Diddy's not who you want for that. Dude, if you don't think I'm listening to the big timers all day today, you're wrong. You know what it is. Not really. What a wasted beat. To me, this sounds like he did the hook on somebody else's song and right. just extended it and made the hook the song. Let's go. There we go. That's Jeezy featuring nobody, essentially, with Bottles Up. Fantone, give me the vote there. Eh, it's half a turn. Um, that song definitely will not have a place on the radio. Even no. Urban Radio is not going to mess around with that. There's just nothing to it. Um, you might hear it on like a mix show or something. But as a whole, like if I heard that in a movie, I'd be like, all right, yeah, Jeezy, I'm kind of hyped to it. The beat was pretty decent, but like there was nothing really redeeming about that song. So right in the middle, I'm half a turd. I'm going to call it half a turd as well. Eh, it's half a turd. And what I'll say is, is that it was just good enough to make me want to hear more new Jeezy, but it's not necessarily am I going to listen to that song again. We have the new Luke Bryan, What Makes You Country, and you'll get it after this $1,000 hookup right now. Your shot at $1,000. Now, text the keyword BILLS to 200-200. New Tour Tuesday brought to you by the Hard Rock Roxino there. Already played you the new Jeezy. Bottles up. We both voted half a turn on that one. Was eh, I mean, it wasn't terrible. just wasn't great. No. And uh, we have the country song of the week. Okay. This is new Luke Bryan. I actually heard via iHeartRadio. I don't believe the album's even out yet. All right. But it was the, the, it was like an early access to the track. We actually had to hunt this one down. And we found it. And Luke Bryan is sick and tired of all people telling him he's not country enough. 
or that his fans aren't real country, and he's drawn a line in the sand, and he's written a song about it. He's drawn a line in the dust, and then he's going to uh, kick it off, Stan uh, Come on, get it right. Do it if you never come Well, on. just so you know, the word dust is in this song <laughs> multiple times. Of course. It, it, is in this, it is in this song. Right. Here's new Luke Bryan, What Makes You Country. Now that right there, before he starts singing, if, you, if I was to play that for you, and told you that was old Waylon, you'd be like, well, yeah, man, you can hear it. That's what made Waylon great. Worth noting here that, like, it's not just country music haters that are saying this about Luke Bryan. It's country music lovers, just not necessarily lovers of bro country, right? I mean, that's fair. It's not yeah. just me saying that. That is fair, but what I'll tell those people is Conway Twitty is in your background, too. With the sparkled rhinestone shirts and everything else. This didn't start with Jason Aldean and Luke Bryan. It's always been like this. John Denver had a number one hit with Country Roads, Take Me Home. It's evolved into something different. You're right. But I mean, like, all right, so so Conway Twitty had like a sparkly suit on. Now Jason Aldean has sparkly jeans on. Yes, right? I same mean, exact like, thing. Right. Same exact thing. There was never this heyday of country music. It's a lie. Brian getting pissed, I can tell. It's got that driving beat to it. I'm real country. Put a dipper in. Here we go. Oh, here it comes. People talking about what is and what ain't country. What gives them the right to wear a pair of beat-up boots? Is it the size of your tires and your fires or your wild ass buddies? Well, give me a minute, let me hit you with some hometown truth. You can be a cowboy on the Texas plain or a plowboy waiting on the rain. What is a plowboy? Is that, is that a guy farmer? running a plow okay, on the farm? Okay, okay, yeah, right, it, right. it, Colt That's Ford was always. It, Colt Ford kind of started the plowboy thing. He's always talking about how he has a plowboy bunny instead of a playboy bunny. Okay. It's like Colt Ford kind of started <laughs> right. that. On the Texas plane or a plowboy waiting on the rain. We're all a little different, but we're all the same. Everybody doing their own thing. I got my dirt road cred when I was 12 on a no cap tractor hauling in bells, bagging in boats, fishing limb lines, running bird dogs. One of the bird dogs threw it, all right? Now, that is as country as you can get. Taking out out a hunting dog and hunting with a dog. That's as country as you can get. Backing up those boats, dude. Getting the lines wet, all right? Yeah, dude, he's fishing them lines. Boats, fishing limb lines, running bird dogs through the Georgia pines. Steps I'd cover down in peanut dust. Friday night spotlight and that was us. It might not have been you, but I can't judge. Just be proud of what makes you country? All right, but what if nothing, what if I didn't live that life? Can I still be country if I didn't yeah. have a bird dog? Yeah, because you never sold drugs on a street corner either, but you love young Jeezy. Uh, okay. All right? right. You're living vicariously through it. Welcome to music. That's what we all do. Just be well, I'm just saying from his perspective of like, all right, this is what makes me country. So like, so can I really claim that I'm a rapper though? Can I really claim that I'm urban? No, no. I mean, like, no. yes, you can live but it, but you can enjoy it. Okay. All right. I mean, I, I guess if you're saying like, hey, you can enjoy country and that's what makes you country. Yeah. Okay. Just liking country music, okay. Does just liking metal make you metal? Yeah. Okay. 
I think metalheads would disagree there, right? Yeah, I think every music fan is pretentious about their music because they want to keep it theirs. Okay. And then bitch about how nobody else likes it or appreciates it. And the moments then everybody does appreciate it, sell out! It's because you just want something to be angry about. Does it run in your blood? Did it come from your daddy and mama? Were you converted by an Alabama song on the radio? Again, should be interested to point that out there. Alabama was as much harmony and broke. Dude, Alabama's as broke country as you could possibly get. That is, it's all harmony and like easily written and all this stuff. Again, this this big like lie that there was this heyday of outlaws. It's a total lie. There was like two guys. That was it. Were you converted by an Alabama song on the radio that feels so right? Did you lock eyes with a little green-eyed girl from Jackson? Tell me what got you. I just gotta know. Me, I got my Sunday learning in a live old church. Silver queen corn in the backyard dirt. Waiting for the fall to finally come along. So I can grab my gun and get my outside on. Step side covered down in peanut dust. Friday night spotlight and that was us. It might not have been you, but I can't judge. Just be proud of what makes you country. I don't know how much more country you want that to sound. From a city or a little farm town Whatever kind of square that you drove around Do you wear it on your sleeve or keep it deep down? You know you gotta let it out I got my dirt road cred back when I was 12 On a no-cap tractor hauling in bales Backing in boats, fishing limb lines Running bird dogs through them Georgia pines That's my favorite part for sure, the bird dogs Well, yeah, the hook, dude, it's the hook And here's the thing for people who want to knock Luke Bryan for not being country enough, just so you know, he's telling you a true story. His dad was a peanut farmer. He grew up on a peanut farm in the middle of nowhere, Georgia. So all these people are like, he's not country enough. He actually was a farmer, grew up on, on his father's farm. How much more country do you want Luke Bryan to be? Is it more about, I guess, and I, I guess why would you care what people's audiences are? But we do. I mean, we do care about it. that. That's true. Um, is it more about like, all right, Luke Bryan, yes, you grew up on a dirt farm, but like this bitch driving a Sonata who's saying kick the dust up did not. And is that where like the hypocrisy lies? I don't know if it's hypocrisy or if people well, are just showing you the life they wish they were living. Posing, I guess, because like, well, there is a little bit of that right. in every in every format. But let's be honest. I mean, dude, like, you mean to tell me everybody in a clutch shirt is a huge clutch fan? Uh, um, well, I'm not buying no, that. No, 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 and I, no. And certainly not everybody in a clutch shirt has like lived a like a metal lifestyle. But like. Uh, that 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 rings true across the board of all formats. Is yeah, that it does. They dislike posers, and I think that's maybe where a lot of people whose complaints about bro country. I think comes sometimes from. is that people who don't live a country lifestyle right now, the reason why they like it is because it sends you the message of like living like that, like living like a slower paced life, and just kind of like keeping to your own and not being involved in everything else. And like honestly, like spending this Sunday fishing, even though I don't really like to fish, is probably calm and relaxing. And so that it's it's about like living vicariously and talking about a lifestyle you wish you had running bird dogs through them georgia running bird dogs out covered down in peanut dust friday night spotlight and that was us i should have said kick up the dust right there but i ain't just he already had that song he already had that tour 
Yeah, like this is being brought up via Twitter, and this is a great point. The Cadillac 3 are a band that's like kind of real country, and they're taking a bunch of crap right now because they're going to open up shows for Luke Bryan. Yeah, they want to be popular, and they want to sell records. Yeah, Cadillac 3 is good. They are pretty good. Live on shore, your country. That's country enough. That's country enough. That's right country there. enough. Kick it up one time. That's brand new Luke Bryan. What makes you country? Phantom, give me the vote. I'm going with eh, it's half a turn. Um, not the worst Luke Bryan song of all time. That's, no, that's that's one. No, kick up the dust sure. was the worst Luke no, Bryan song. That was the best Luke Bryan song, dude. That's how I've made my bones in Canton, Ohio. Light it up do was not, pretty close. Do not talk ill about kick the dust up. Dude. Light that's it up was I've pretty got. bad. That's all I've got. But um, that's certainly a hit. There's no doubt about that. Country music is or country radio stations are going to be all over that. Um, and yeah, so I, I'm going to say half a turd there at the very least. I'm going to go full blown not a turd. The moment I heard that song, I was like, oh, this is just like hunting, fishing, loving every day where he put it out and people were like, oh, my God, it's so bad. And meanwhile, dude, it spawned a clothing line. It was one of the biggest songs off that record, still played all over the radio. And I'm telling you, this song, that song is going to be huge on country radio. That is a big old smash hit out of Luke Bryan. We have your rock band, Greta Van Fleet. That's next on The Stansbury Show. The Stansbury Show. Rock 106.9. Hey guys, you got Stansbury here. When talking firearms, you know what you want? Knowledge. Oh, I'm Rock 106.9. Nearing the end of Nutra Tuesday, brought to you by the Hard Rock Roxano Northfield Park. They're already pledging the new GZ featuring Puff Daddy Bottles Up. We both voted half a turd on that. And then we pledged the new Luke Bryan, What Makes You Country. We were split. Fantone voted half a turd. I voted not a turd on that. I feel like that's going to be a huge hit for Mr. Luke Bryan. And we have your rock song of the day now. This is from a new band. People have been on me for like the last month to get this band on New Tour Tuesday. So I spent some time the other uh, day listening to their four-song EP. And I picked a song I feel like is probably the most radio-friendly, uh, probably lends itself to be the biggest hit that right. they may have. And uh, this is Greta Van Fleet is the name of the band. And they're a little bit throwback sounding. People keep telling me this is the new Led Zeppelin. And I keep saying, nah, they're going to be the new Wolf Mother. And uh, this is Greta Van Fleet, their new song, Safari Song. Yeah, you can hear the nostalgia in it all. Yo, for sure. Right out of the gate, you can hear why people think that he's going to sound like Robert Plant. Plant. Right, right, right. right. They got a cool, funky sound, though. Obviously, this guy's listened to a, smoked a lot of weed and listened to a lot of Led Zeppelin, but like that doesn't just because you've been influenced the band. It's a very it's it, it's it's almost an anchor to throw on a band and be like, well, they're going to be the next Led Zeppelin. Can't do it, right? The Led Zeppelin I, is routinely still considered to be the best rock and roll band in the history of music. It is. That's a lofty goal to set.
I'll tell you why I don't think it's going to come off. And it's because, dude, we've seen this movie. We saw the darkness. We've seen the Wolf Mother. And what was that other band that was like really big for like half a year in 2009? Silver Tide had that Ain't Coming Home song. Like they were, that was all over the radio, all over the country. And then they just like fizzled out because I just don't think this sound can sustain today. Yeah, yeah, I mean, there's a a short shelf life for this. I agree. Yes. And it's because, I mean, every song sounds like you've already heard it, but like. I don't know if I can do a full album of this. That might get annoying by the end. By the end of it, I'm going to be like, well, why don't I just listen to Led Zeppelin? Right. You know what I mean? I know like, the songs are good. They Zeppelin. already sound like this. I will say I would want to see this band live. Like, if there's something about the sound. I'd be like, all right, let me go see it. Can they do this? Like, do they? Does it translate on the stage? Yeah, I'd probably be like, why is this Led Zeppelin can't this Led Zeppelin cover band playing their own original songs? But yeah, that I mean, might happen. It. You're right. Does sound like him though. Oh, it's undeniable. That Silver Tide album was really good, by the way. You should stream that. It was good. I also think they mic their drums in this to sound more classic Led Zeppelin sounding. Like oh, you can yeah. definitely tell there was there was a concerted effort in the studio. Let's make this sound as seventies as we can. One hundred percent. That's actually a rip off of this one riff. Greta Van Fleet Safari song. This is true of Zeppelin for me too. That sometimes I like the music more than I like the singing, and sometimes I wish I. Sometimes there's times where I wish Robert Plant would shut up and get out of Jimmy Page's way.
Well, there it is. That's new Greta Van Fleet. The song's called Safari Song. Fans, don't give me the vote there. It's a turn. I'm not a huge Led Zeppelin guy from the get-go. There's no mis- like no question about that. I know that's sacrilege to some people. Um, but I'm in particularly not a fan of original music from Led Zeppelin, you know, Led Zeppelica or whatever the hell this this cover band wants to call itself. Go up there and play the songs that are good. And 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 I, I, nah, I'm not a fan. I got to be honest with you. People have been on me about this band for two months. You got to get them on New Turd Tuesday. So I listened to the four-song EP the other day, and I felt like mm, they don't totally have it. They're close. I don't think there's much in that. I've, I'm going to vote Turd on that song as well. It's a Turd. I, I, uh, I, I, there's something in the sound. I would want to see them live, but I'm, I'm not. That's not. That's never going to be a hit record ever. So there it is. There's New Tour Tuesday brought to you by the Hard Rock Roxino there. Teresa has your next opportunity for you to score $1,000 at 1010. She'll give you the next keyword. Aside from that, this show's done for the day. Be back at it live tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. on Rock 106.9. Missed anything from today? Podcast it at WRQK.com. And uh, have a great afternoon. See you. Dan Stansberry and his boy, Wonder Matt Fantone. At last, two heroes. The Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9.